And welcome everybody to the Saint Seiya Cosmocast. I am your host, Ramses, and as usual, I am not alone here. I have your common writer, Furry. I'm alive, still. Update, still alive. Yep, still alive and still kicking. I haven't kicked anybody in a long time. So we have here another guest joining us here today. So why don't you introduce us, uh, Mekos? Hi, everybody. Uh, nice to meet you. My name is uh, Benjus. I am a super fan of Saint Seiya, and I've been following the series pretty much since I was a kid. And I, it's my first memory of everything, almost. <laughs> nice to be with you. Yeah, yeah. He he reached out to us during the time that like Comrade Furry and everybody else was like was um was out on was was without a commission for like the time being. So I was trying to look for some new people who to like to at least fill in the spot for a little bit. So Benjus uh, will be joining us for. A, like for, for on a temporary basis, but if you want them to continue joining us, you know, you know, get 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 your voices heard. You know, we definitely want to get more people involved with the podcast. So, okay, so for right now, we're gonna have we're gonna have just to, just like you know, just just to have it here, just to have that third seat like nice and warm. So we have a loaded show. I know we I know we been delayed for a couple of weeks because well, COVID happened with my not not with me, but COVID happened with like someone else here locally, so we couldn't. Well, many things here, here, and like I had my hands were tied up, so like a lot of stuff happened between then and now. Stuff like we had to talk, stuff like um, stuff, stuff like San Diego Comic Con happened, where we saw a panel for Knights of the Zodiac, the live action movie. We got more information from, from um, Anime Expo for the CGI series, and we also got a bit from Mexico saying that they're gonna get something really well. So, where do you guys want to start off first? You want to go? To, you want to start off with the live action news, a little bit of the CGI show news, or you want to start with the manga news? I think, I think that the movie news is what we're here for today. That's the that's the big piece. All right. So, the big big piece of news is that at San Diego Comic Con, literally as we were recording yesterday, which was July twenty third, they sh- they had a panel at San Diego Comic Con for Knights of the Zodiac, the live action movie, and. Even though they, there was like virtually no like there was no video like like of of the actual like official footage, we did we did get eventually some some things coming from the panel, and we uh, now recently we saw toy they put up at least one of the videos that they put up from the show, which was a behind the scenes video of the of the, of the movie. So um, with all the information that we saw and all and all the information said, like, what do you guys thought on the movie so far? With like the information that we saw from like the from the live tweets and all that stuff from all the, from the fans. If I may, uh, I think it's um, well. I was following a lot of social media when it was happening, and there were a lot of mixed reactions, to say the least. But uh, in my particular case, my how to put it, I. My hopes for the movie had been increasing due to the behind-the-scenes information that has been coming out in pieces throughout this uh, f- from last year. That certain information has leaked, like when they were filming, etc. But nothing about the story has really, even even after the, the yesterday's panel, they haven't really said too much about. Like they, we know the synopsis of the basis of the plot, and they revealed some more information yesterday that has me a little bit more weary of how it might turn out. But at the same time, also the the things that they they did show, which was primarily the action scenes, which were uh, look like it's gonna be very very fist heavy focused, like for actual physical action. It does look like the uh, th- that part is like set on stone, and it looks like it will be really great, 
we we have to see like the final execution. The action looks very promising, and I hope that they take the angle on that because if they wanna, they want people that are not particularly interested in the franchise and that probably have never heard of it. That's probably the key to grab a hold of them, get them interested in an action movie. So far, that part looks well, but obviously we ha- need we need to see something more concrete or a more proper uh, uh, look on, on the final product. But so so far, I'm still hopeful, but I'm a bit more weary than I was because some parts of what might be the plot of the story have me uh, slightly concerned on how the execution could be. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we we know we're getting at least a little bit of the origin story because they did talk about filming a fight scene with Cassius. So we're getting a little bit of the origin story at least. So that should be nice. Um, I. I don't think I have the most reliable opinion on this because I typically like um, remakes of stuff. Not always. The Death Note one was a crime against humanity, but a lot of times when people are outraged about something um, like a remake happening, I feel like it's because they're so attached to the original that they don't want to see it any other way. And there's, it's impossible to have a one-for-one translation basically from something that's hand-drawn to something in real life. And not only that, I there's been plenty of examples where anime has tried to go, like, scene for scene from the manga, or a movie has tried to adapt something, like, page for page, and it just it doesn't work out because visual medium is so different from written medium. So I, I'm going at this with a really positive attitude. The actors seem really charismatic that they featured in the panel, Everybody seems to be really passionate about it. I know that the woman that got cast as... Um, do I have to say Sienna? Yeah. I hate that name. I hate it so much. The, just, call, the, just, call, just call her Sayori. Just, just, you know Athena, or, or Athena, because at least both both iterations use Athena. Um, I, she didn't know much about it before, but she took it super seriously once she got cast and apparently read the whole manga within like a couple of weeks and binged a lot of the show and did her best to really figure out what the character is all about. And that's something that you don't see a whole lot whenever there's an adaptation where people are really trying to understand. And I think that the fact that um, they do seem to be getting people that are passionate about it, I think it's going to be a good production. I don't know if it's going to be a faithful production because it is Hollywood and they don't have the best track record for that. Um, But I like seeing what other people imagine something as, like what somebody else's mind would do to a franchise or a a show or a manga or whatever, and seeing the the differences in it. Because we get so used to like manga to anime adaptions where the artwork is almost the same and a lot of the story beats are the same. But when it goes to live action, it's got that like chaos element. So I'm excited. I just I, I need to see more, I guess. We didn't get as much as I was hoping out of this panel, I was hoping for at least like a teaser trailer or maybe some like, um, like production images, like of what their finalized armor would look like, or maybe even just the Pegasus armor all pieced together on its own or something. But we just didn't get a whole lot, unfortunately, but we'll see. Yeah. that was one of the things I wanted to say, like on one hand, I do really appreciate that everybody on board, like everybody behind the scenes, they're extremely passionate about it. The Eagle Prequel seems to be extremely, extremely into into doing it. You know, he 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 already said like unfortunately he we had to call him Nero, but hey, we all call him we're, we're all gonna call him Iki regardless. So he already he already kind of confirmed that he he's already played Iki in this in this adaptation, and you and already at the panel he was very passionate, like really really happy about playing the character. Um, 
Isabella Morrison, who plays Athena, she was also, like I said, she mentioned a lot about like how she researched the character and like finished mm-hmm. the entire manga and everything. So I really do appreciate that she took the initiative and learned a lot about the character. So I'm going to see, like, so it's going to be interesting how they how we see what the character, how they, how they're going to put the character in um in this in this format. Um, Andrew Chang, the guy who did, who's doing a lot of action choreography, and I'm pretty sure, like, secretly, I think he's going to, he's secretly the director because that's what it seems, that's what it seems to be looking like. He's extremely, extremely passionate about the franchise. Just all ex- extent, he is very passionate. And like, you, and you mentioned earlier that and we were talking beforehand, and you mentioned earlier that like, hey, the, the action team looked really good. He was the guy that worked on Shang Chi. And if there's one thing I give props to Shang Chi. No, regard. I, I enjoy Chang Chi, but I understand that it's not everybody's flavor. I love how the action, how the action was held. Maybe not, maybe not towards the end when it just became CGI heavy, but like all, the, like all the one-on-one fist fights and all that stuff were incredible. So if there's one thing that, so there's one thing I can guarantee is like at least it's gonna capture at least like the, you know, capture at least like the like some of the aspects of like the fighting, which is kind of a weird thing to do because like we're as we're gonna as we're gonna see later when we talk about the, the CGI series. These things are kind of like, these things are hit and miss. So it might work, and it might work in some cases. It may not work in a lot of cases. And in, in the case of CGI series, I have some thoughts. I have some strong thoughts after watching it. Even though like I watched, even though this is my second time watching it, so I, I, I this is my second time willingly watching it. I have some thoughts. But if there's at least one thing I can at least say with confidence is that everybody behind the scenes is just on board all around. What I am concerned about is like, like Sony is pretty much sending this movie out to die. Like literally, they put this panel at five thirty in the afternoon, right next to the Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe panel, where they were just throwing bomb after bomb after bomb after bomb at everybody, and to th- for them to not show any footage, for them not to do anything other than show behind the scenes stuff and hide a lot of this stuff. Because like, I mean, you look at the behind the scenes footage that's currently available on YouTube officially. They intentionally blacking out a lot of stuff that you can tell that that was supposed to like like, like a lot of stuff that, that we that we should have seen like we like that you can tell when you see like the well, at the very first at the very beginning of the video you can see that like, you, you can see a storyboard and you can see blurred out the, the Pegasus cloth like blatantly so like there it's right there but they have no confidence right now to show something that's something that people if that people can 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 get at least something to, to attach to. But I also understand too why, because they understand that they, if they show off anything like that, they fear the backlash of all the fandom. But here's my thing: I think, in my in my honest opinion, I think that like I think the enthusiasm of the actors and I think the enthusiasm of the fans themselves, especially since we're now seeing a lot more stuff coming from the behind the scenes stuff and seeing a lot of stuff on the enthusiasm of the actors. I think, in my personal opinion, even if the, even if the, even if we saw that footage, even if we saw that the, a photo of Mackin Yu as Seiya. I think we would. I think we would have at least been a little bit more warm towards it. But as of right now, I'm I'm still going to support it. We're still going to cover it, and I'm so happy they're spending, I'm happy they're doing a lot of stuff for the movie. But I have very little confidence and very little faith that they're that 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 um that it's that that they're, 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 it's going to be at least something good. And it's not going to be because of any of these people. It's not going to be because of like the people that are actually making it. As I I made that like, I can't believe I'm about to make this joke. I always make this joke. When it comes to these kinds of movies, where it's like, if you want to know what the real problem is, look at the Coke trail. If you see a line of Coke, that's where you want to be following, so you can figure out what's going on. <laughs> and you, and usually when that, when that, when that's when usually when you figure out where the Coke trail leads, it's always people on the top, like the producers or the head of the head of the studio. 
And the guy who's the head of the studio right now at um, Sony, he is a nimbusile, a fucking idiot. Like, just oh. the world's biggest idiot. So I'm like, that's what I'm starting to say. Like, maybe, so if anything, if we see a lot of these problems that crap pop up with the movie, I don't think it's there. I don't think it's the, I don't think it's the movie maker's problem. It's the it's behind the scenes stuff. Definitely. Especially to, to, to Tim Rothman, the guy who's, who's running Sony, is the guy who is the guy who, who's in charge of a lot of stuff. He's been notorious about like digging around like a lot of projects like that have a lot that people have a lot of good that, that people in good authority say they can work, but he intentionally like um knocks their, their legs off. Like uh, famously, he said that Avatar would never work and refused to fund the movie until someone else until someone else at the company because he used to work at 2070 Fox before they got brought up by 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 uh by Disney. He notoriously denied every turn of Jim, James Cameron for, for Avatar. Every time, because he said that said science fiction movies would not sell. Yeah, it's a uh, with Sony. It's always uh, it's it's a uh, how to put it. It's kind of like Schrodinger's cat in the sense like it's both good and bad unless it comes out, but most of the time it's bad. Sony has been making a lot of mistakes in all of its uh, in all their departments in in recent years with with their intentions to try to appeal more to the Western market and leaving aside the Japanese market. I don't really have too much faith in Sony, and there are some things that are concerning about the, this movie as well. That, for example, we haven't really seen that much about what the plot is going to be, who they're exactly going to be fighting, things like that that could go slightly on the on the wrong side. Uh, but uh, but there are also good things that that should be that, that we should try to focus on. Like like it it really looks like most of the people, at least all the people that were at the panel, really look that they are passionate about the project and they look like extremely competent in in their particular area that they are working on the movie for. But yeah, I, I actually I I do have to admit, despite those negative aspects, I I do I am happy at the fact that despite being right next to well, on the same time slot as the Marvel panel was, which obviously at this point in time, it's ludicrous for anything to go against Marvel in that same time slot because they're going to get every piece of attention for, for everything they announce, even if it's something uh, laughable. It, despite of that, it had like, as far as I know, I think it had like approximately 75% uh, cap uh, full capacity like, of the 100% amount of people that can get into the... The, the room that was being held the panel in, like 75% was full. That's actually a much bigger number from what I was expecting. I was actually afraid that there were going to be only three people in that panel, so uh, we'll have to wait and see. And not only that, you guys have got to consider, you guys have got to consider too, like I was, I was mentioning to you guys earlier, that that 75% could be 100% with COVID protocol in place. That's true. Oh, I was just going to say, what they should have done is they, they should have foregone a, a panel and just got in a booth and put up a bunch of promo images to get people hyped about it. Because they really, in, in my opinion, they didn't have enough to show for a full panel. It felt like, I mean, I, I just got the highlights, but I felt even the highlights was a lot of fluff and like time filler to fill the whole time slot. Because they didn't have a trailer. They didn't have any concept images that they could show. All they had was a poster that could have easily just been a screenshot from Legend of Sanctuary, let's be real here, <laughs> and a new font style. And that was about it. And a behind-the-scenes thing that they obviously didn't want to show us stuff because they're not ready yet. And that's okay that they're not ready. I The movie doesn't come out until next year. It's probably going to be towards the end of next year. So they should have just got a booth, put up a bunch of promotional images, like maybe show some of the other dog tags for the other uh, characters, 
nothing too revealing. Just have like a cool booth, get people excited about it, give away posters and uh, like small merchandise stuff. And then next year when they're ready to premiere stuff, have a big panel like that. I just I think they jumped the gun a little bit by by having it here. It felt really last minute to me. Yeah, that's what I'm that's the impression I'm getting, especially since like like I said earlier, like they, they sent it to the wolves and being and put it at the same time slot as as Marvel. It's like, yeah, that's that's uh yeah, Marvel's like five year expansion project that they announced. Jesus. Yeah, if we survive that long. <laughs> that's, that's a that's a top that's a topic for us. That's a topic for the Saturday morning squadron, not for the things that Cosmo cast. We are actually recording a, a Comic Con special. So like that will be that will be one of the topics that they, like what's gonna happen first? The sun's gonna is a is the sun gonna implode on us or are we gonna get to see Fantastic Four? Who knows? But um <laughs> that aside, um yeah, like, it's, like you are correct. Like, they should have at least held off, and they should have done something very different. I do appreciate that they did like at least hype it up. Yeah. And I do appreciate the fact that they got a lot of the actors to get to hype up the movie and got to do a lot of like the promotion and stuff like that. But they should have at least waited a little bit. They should have at least put the they, they, they should have at least put this movie like this movie should have been at least in the in the can. This movie should have been at least cooking for a little bit longer. And you know they should have at least not. They should have this. This like what they usually do at Comic Con is usually they would, they would like front load a lot of a lot of other stuff from the same studio. This should have been something that they, that was part of a studio presentation overall. Right, but I like they they've got the funding to do like a really neat booth, even if it was a smaller one. Like I've seen, like the freaking Funko had an entire like city block there. It was ridiculous. Like, come on, just give us give us something like. Uh, I know. I'm, it, it, on the one hand, I want them to take their time making it so it can be as best as possible. But on the other hand, this is just ever so mildly frustrating that we're getting information, but not like hard information. Yeah, and that's the sentiment. Uh, unfortunately, that's a sentiment that's extremely palpable. And I think that most of the people that I particularly in the circles that I roam around in, most people are like that, are feeling very frustrated about how secretive they're being with like what should be the primary information and, and the primary visuals and, and all that. So yeah, you can feel the frustration from from viewer, from the yes spectator. So uh, it's going to be difficult for, if they continue with this particular method, it's going to be difficult to to keep the, the or, or to build on into the, the excitement towards the release of the movie. So Hopefully they they start to change that as soon as they have more tangible things that they can actually show. All right, I'm gonna close this. I'm gonna close this um this, this conversation up with one last thing I want to bring. I don't want and like it's something I'm gonna reiterate again that I said on Twitter, and it's something I'm gonna repeat here on the podcast as well. I'm gonna keep repeating this until my my mouth, until my face turns. Whatever happens, don't take your frustrations out on the actors and the people behind the scenes. They are not. They are absolutely not to, uh, at fault for anything that's that's wrong with the movie. It's people behind the scenes, like I said. I don't want to make that joke again, but like it's always going to be the people that are that have that can have the money or that, that are in control of that are in control of all this stuff that do a lot of these mistakes. Not the people behind the not the people that are doing the actual work. Yeah, I already see people blaming Kurumada for everything that's going to go wrong with the movie. <laughs> well, he, I mean, that's the one person you want to blame. But like, we'll get to something. Like, we'll get to well, at least one thing that that came up that was interesting. That is like. He did see the CGI show, and like, apparently he's like, "Ooh, yeah, well, you know what? Let's let's go, let's go watch some, let's watch some sumo and get drunk, man. Let's get some dinner and like get drunk, man. I don't want to, I don't remember that shit. I made, it's I made awful. mention of 
I mean, mentioned our prior tours. Like, I'm imagining now Masami Kurumara just like, you know, like just wearing a smoking jacket, like a bourbon with like a, a pipe, just watching old UFC fights. Like, <laughs> hey, do you want to watch? Hey, son, you, know, you, you want to watch some Tank Abbott? Do you want to watch some like, like Dark Era Tank Abbott vids? I got, I, got, I got all the Hendo Gracie. I got all the Hendo Gracie bullshit, man. You'll, you'll love this shit. And I, w- I would like to say one other thing. That's in that One. same vein as what you were saying about not judging the, the the actors and all that. Formulate opinions on your own. I know that the anim- the the Saint um in particular fandom isn't as bad as some of the other fandoms that I'm a part of. But fandoms tend to get these high vine things where one popular person will say their opinion, and then people start parroting that opinion without critically thinking about it themselves. Go see yeah. the movie. Bare minimum, when the trailer comes out, watch the trailer and see how you feel about it. But give it a chance. Like, don't write it off because you don't like who they casted or you think that the armor doesn't look perfectly to the anime or whatever might come up in the future. Give it a chance because there are a lot more aspects to a movie than what you see from promotional images. The promotional stuff is most likely going to try to target people who don't really know Saint Seiya. I'm, I'm calling it right now. The marketing is almost probably going to be for people who've never seen the franchise because they want to get as many people in as possible. But we know from what we've seen with these people that are passionate behind it that they actually care and that elements that like hardcore longtime fans are going to want to see are also going to be in there. So just give it a chance. Like People write off live-action stuff so easy. People are already saying that the live-action Yu Yu show is going to be a dumpster fire, and we just have four pictures. That's all we have. And people are already talking about how it's going to be the next Cowboy Bebop dumpster fire, and I'm just like, give it a chance. If you watched Cowboy Bebop and you hated it, congratulations, you were right. But if you didn't watch it and you just looked at trailers or promotional images and you're on the bandwagon saying it's bad, shame on you. So the same goes for this. Just formulate your own opinion. Exactly. Have Basically, have a little bit of common sense. Formulate whatever you think about the movie. Once you see enough material for you to decide whether it's something that you want to see or not, be respectful towards all the people involved in the project and just go about your day because it, right. it's, it's, some people are going to like it, some people are not going to like it. How faithful or how true or how much it respects the essence of, of, of the franchise, we'll have to wait and see until we see the final product. But for now, just have that little bit of common sense and decency for everybody involved until the final result is out. Yeah, the last thing I want to be hearing is like one of is that the fandom starts to starts to gang up on one of these actors, especially like if it's like, especially if it's like you know Isabella Mortensen, who like she she shouldn't have to go through all the bullshit like any other like any other fandom should do, and especially since she's putting in a lot of the effort and, and learning a lot of the stuff of, 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 of the series itself. She should not be the subject to like like hate and stuff. Like that. No, all right. Exactly. All right, let's 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 uh, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's, let's talk some positive news, or at least positive news for people that are not from the United States, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, well, we'll get some some good American stuff. Um, we did get some information from uh, Panemini Mexico that they are going to release in October the final editions of the Cosmic Bonds in the United States. It is something that we were discussing on our on our uh, on our. Um, in our actual show that we did the last time, well, what could be one of the mangas they can bring here and, and put it in a format, in a um, in publishing format. 
that will be per that would be the perfect one to put he put here in United because that, that is not just the perfect edition of the original of the original manga, but it also has additional material as well, like chapter zero and a couple other additional chapters they've made over the years as well. Are those hardback or softback? I believe they're hardback. Nice. The final edition? Yeah. The right, final something? edition, well, the Japanese volumes, because I actually have them, they are soft. They're soft uh, paper. Uh, so so it's very likely that it's gonna, the Panini is going to do something very similar to that. It, it'll probably be similar to the Sailor Moon ones that were, are they oversized like this, um, bigger than regular manga? No, actually, they're kind of the same uh, size. Oh. I actually have uh, here the final edition volumes and my Kansenban editions. They're smaller than the Kansenbans. They look about the average size of a... Only thicker, obviously, because apparently huh. it's going to be... Uh, yeah. I think that the one that filtered the information about how many volumes, because it's not even Japan has exactly... Like, Kurumada Productions hasn't said it's going to be this number of volumes released, uh, but apparently the Italian uh, publisher, because the final edition outside of Japan has been confirmed in in four countries so far. It's uh, it's China, it's uh, Italy, sorry, three countries: China, Italy, and Mexico so far. And the Italy, the Italian publisher confirmed that it's going to be twenty volumes. So it, it's going to be slightly thicker volumes than the normal ones, but yeah, not not that big. Time to learn Spanish and find a and find a middleman that can actually get you that stuff. <laughs> oh, I will break down across the border. I ain't that far. I'll send them to you. <laughs> I live. Uh, you think you live that close? I live closer. Trust me. I, I can. Live, I really can. I, I live can, anywhere I, close. <laughs> what? I don't live anywhere close to Mexico. I was joking. No, I. I I'm not even kidding you. Like, I, I'm not going to tell you specifically where. But all I, all I can say is, like, like literally, I could throw a stone at Mexico right now. Muggle it. Like you're you're going to get stopped at the border. And be like, you got anything illegal in there? Like. You're just sweating like, no, sir. No, definitely no uh, unreleased manga from America. No. Just going to look at me like, get the, get the get your butt back back here in the United States, you fool. Just You're not going to be using these, this manga as rolling papers, are you, son? I'm not going to be, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm just going to be wearing a big oversized coat and just like waddle in with like all these, with all these copies of the, of the, of the final editions and like maybe a few, maybe a few books of like of Spy Family with me or like, <laughs> <laughs> I if, like and if we don't get an announcement soon for them coming out in English, I will collect the the Mexican release because like I did take two years of Spanish and I'm really bad at like anything other than present tense, but I can understand when I hear more than I can speak and read more than I can than I can produce in my brain. So I think I would be okay. And plus, yeah. I should probably be multilingual anyway because like. I hate being the ignorant American that doesn't speak any other languages other than English. So I'm, I'm I want Ramsey's hold me to it. Hold a gun to my, don't hold a gun to my head. Um, I will, I, I, I will, I will, I will, I will make sure every podcast then, like if you, if you're taking your Spanish lessons, I get that Duolingo life started. Yes. By the way, if we're looking, we're looking for sponsors. So Duolingo, please, please sponsor us. Yeah. Please sponsor me specifically. I like yes. one of those, uh, those poor children that isn't multilingual. <laughs> oh God, we have, we have, uh, we have taken so we have just taken a U-turn <laughs> that's so horrible. Anyways, any last thoughts? Yes, yeah, sorry, just a correction. I, 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 I got it wrong. It is four countries. It's uh, outside of Japan. It's China, uh, Italy, 
Mexico and Brazil so far, the ones that okay. have confirmed an, edi an edition of, of the final edition. By the way, we didn't even say what the final edition is. Uh, the final edition is the latest version of the manga that had that started to be published in Japan uh, last year. At, at the end of the last year, it's uh, the the revised and what's supposed to be the ultimate version of the manga with with corrections to both dialogues as well as uh, illustrations where some parts that didn't make a lot of sense or, or that were pre preliminary ideas by Kurumada, they, they have been uh, completely worked over so that it, it's more cohesive and more coherent and tells a more solid version of the story that has actually already corrected a few uh, inconsistencies that were actually very very difficult to 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 settle especially with next dimension so and it's also going to include the the three uh, chapters that were released in this past decade that that add to to the story sensei uh, episode 0 sensei uh, origin and sensei uh, destiny which basically tell all the details regarding the past of saga and canon uh, primarily and it's rumored not confirmed but speculated that there might be added uh, pages for the Hades chapter with certain scenes that we didn't get to see in the original publication, but that's unconfirmed. And... They haven't made it that far yet with the publication, I believe. No, they've, they actually, it's, it's surprising because they announced like the those other territories are going to start releasing the final edition versions, even though so far in Japan, five volumes have the ones that have come out. And even though they haven't said anything, theoretically, we're expecting five more volumes to come out this year. But at this late in the year, they haven't said anything about them, so it's possible that they might not. But we we're waiting for volumes 6 to 10 to be announced anytime soon. All right. All right. Sounds, sounds good. Sounds good. Um, sorry, Ferry, is there anything that's not going to Bring it to the U.S. for my convenience, okay. because the world revolves around me. <laughs> that's actually something, like, out of joke, that's something that they should do, because this is the perfect... Uh, time yeah. opportunity for them to actually do that and to commit since this the, the idea is to promote the franchise with the live action movie and to get widespread interest in it for both people interested in anime and manga as well as people that don't really know anything about those particular topics it would be the perfect way to to introduce new people to mm -hmm. to the to those to the story itself so well, we yeah. we talked about it on our like our special episode last time about them putting the manga up on the uh, the Viz like pay to read monthly subscription thing, um, and I think that might be like a test to see if there's still interest. But I I'm, I I can't see them not releasing some version of the manga in new print coming up, especially with the second season of the the uh, CGI show and then the live action movie because. That's kind of how the media machine works. Like even the like basically any movie that could possibly be geared towards kids now gets an animated show randomly come out. Like look at Disney Plus. They've got a a, a show for basically every one of their properties at this point, or one coming out soon. Like Transformers, every time a Transformers movie comes out, they would have like a new like uh either animated series or like a like the GoBot kids nonsense or whatever on like the children's channels it, there's always like additional promotion it just makes sense because if you even if that movie just snags one person that one person is going to fall in love with it and then want to read the source material and then buy 20 volumes and then you know make them money basically so it, it makes sense but also 
we're in the United States. Well, I'm in the United States. I don't know about anybody else, but uh, me personally, being from the United States my whole life, I know that um, they do dumb stuff. So who knows if we will or not. And, I, and you brought up a good point. That was going to be my, my last point. It's like, we do have, like, the, we do have um, the edition. We do have Saints currently available to read on the, on the Shonen Jump app officially. So one of the cool things is that, so I'm pretty sure, like you just mentioned, that's like one, maybe one of the things that they're doing with the Lipness has to see if like, they, they want to release the final editions or at least the Cousin Bond editions here in the United States is by seeing how people react, how people, how the readership is through the through people reading through the app, which I do hope a lot of people are reading. Even the, despite a lot of the inconsistencies and a lot of weird stuff that they're doing because they're still using the deep stuff, it's still a solid manga. It's like, the only the only thing, like I said, the only thing that that's weird is that they use the names. It's still an uncut like bullshit. Like, there's still blood all over the place. That's still do that thing where they still that they still do that weird thing. The, they still do that horrific thing in the second book with uh, with, with with Wolf Itchy. That really, really, really horrific thing. Well, the, what what is what's uh, Sayori's name in in the manga? I believe it's still Sayori. That's freaking Sienna. I I will never get over that. That's actually something that I wanted to ask you uh, as the opportunity that you mentioned that and that it leads to the next topic that we're going to be discussing. What were like? I know that they changed some names in the Viz uh, version of the manga, for example. I know that Death Mask is called uh, Mephisto. Mephisto. I, I and, and <laughs> like and I know there are a couple of others, but I am also curious as to know if they changed the names of, for example, Iki or Saori, because I saw I, I you actually retweeted this. Uh, I think it was last month or in that time frame, uh, the episode of the Manga Mavericks podcast where uh, he interviewed the the editor and the and the translator for the this edition of the Sinsia manga. And they did mention Siena, so that's why I'm curious. I haven't had the opportunity to read it in English. So, what other names did they change in the manga? Because I want to know what they took from that for the CGI show. Okay, for what this is what this is what I can confirm to you right now. Instead of calling instead of calling uh, Cygnus Cygnus, they actually they refer to it as a swan. But the CGI mm -hmm. show still refers to it as Cygnus. So that's one okay. thing that actually was positive. Again, one of the things that they changed was they changed Death Mask and Mephisto. I don't know what the, I, like I don't know if the, that 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 change is still going to happen because I think they that's obvious why they didn't want why they went with that name change. Like, that's one thing I was like, okay, I can see that name change. Everybody else actually got their names pretty much the same in, the, in that original deep dub. So I'm pretty sure if like if they, they do do a revised version, because like I said, like one of the things, like I said, as I was mentioning to you in the in the comments when we were talking about the the, the going back to the panel. And this is one thing that I think we're gonna. This is gonna infuriate Comrade Furry is that they're actually using a lot of the American names. Yeah. And I have a theory that like those are copyrighted names. And like a lot of people are like, "What do you mean you can't copyright names like Iki and stuff like that?" No, no, no. You don't get it. Here's how copyright works, especially in the United States. When you copy, you have to copyright. You have to copyright something. It's like you have to keep. You have to. You have to use it. So I'm pretty sure they 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 had the name right there, the registered in some sort of directory, and they had to use that name. Like they were forced, they had no choice on the matter on all. All I gotta say is American 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 law is weird. That's all I gotta say. American law is weird. So I know a lot of people, like especially a lot of the United States, are like, "What do you mean you can't just copyright Saya?" You really like it's not it's not that it's that they already copyrighted these in, uh, in advance and they need to use them. If not, they are in risk of losing it. And if that means, and if that means, and that's what we're pretty sure too, if they're using those names and it's copyright reasons, 
It's not because of Saint Seiya. It's because they want to keep another. They want to keep the copyright. Period. Again, American law is the weirdest thing in the world. Again, actually, world laws. Period. Because like, there's different laws. And like, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna lay down and cry as we go to our next topic here. Um, next topic is we're gonna talk a little bit about the CGI show. Not the not their main topic. But let's talk about like some new information. Who's pretty much is like I think did we discuss this yes or no, Tori? Yeah, um, we did. But the no, the, I know. Oh, but like, uh, I want to say the date, or at least the time frame they 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 said because they did they they didn't announce at least a time frame which is July, but uh, we're a couple of days away from July ending, so we haven't seen anything yet from Crunchyroll. So um, next week, anyone? That's uh, what I was actually thinking because they haven't really even in the I, I know that they had a panel uh, Crunchyroll at the San Diego Comic Con and I know that they did give some information and some pamphlets regarding the CGI show second season as well. They they haven't changed it from July as far as I know, but considering that July ends next week, either they put out the first episode or the first couple of episodes. I don't know how Crunchyroll is going to handle it next week, or they did say summer. So theoretically, it could also be in August, but I would have supposed that by now they would have announced if they made a change or, or something to it. So I don't know. It's either next week or sometime in August. Crunchyroll uh, is also very famously um, very famous for just throwing out announcements like three days ahead of time. Um, looking at you, Tropical Rouge Precure. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, you're right. Because they they announced it like two days before it aired. Like all of us Precure fans were like, "Are they did the last season? Are they not going to do this one?" Because you know it was unprecedented that they did, they did Healing Good. They actually uh-huh. started with episode twenty because of the pandemic. Was... It was weird, but but yeah, like three days before it premiered, like, oh by the way, here's this show too. And like, thank you. Now I can stop having a, a panic attack. But thank you. I remember before he has a bag number, like, <laughs> but um, yeah, like I said, like yeah, like like you are correct, like Crunchyroll, like is notoriously like like the night before they'll put up something and it'll be like, uh, okay, so yeah, it's one of the, that's one thing I want to bring up. It's like it's more it, it's more of an indent, it's more like a an additional tacked on information from what we were talking about, pretty much. Basically, so, Crunchyroll is the Beyonce of the anime world, just dropping it and expecting you to go and watch it. No promo. Did that joke yeah, land? Just, I'd feel like it didn't. Uh, uh, we'll workshop it. We'll work. We'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. Writing go, down go, okay, Beyonce. Writing down Crunchyroll. Question mark. Got it. We're gonna have like there's just like a thin diagram. We're trying to figure. We're trying to put everything together. All right. But that. All right. So I, I knew that topic wasn't gonna be that much because like I I knew that it was just it was more it was more like an, it was more like something we're gonna tack on a, a postscript to like what we were talking about the last episode. However, we do need to talk about one thing that yeah, you're actually really happy about, Conor Rider Furry, because you brought this up. That they're reissuing the, the Anime Heroes figures in January 2023. We're going to go back to yes. Wave 1 with um, Iodio, Saga, and, and Seiya. I got Seiya. I have some, some complaints, but I love the figure. That's all I, I just don't say. like the paint. I wish that they would have chosen more like lustrous-looking paint to kind of... Because the colors look really dull. Um, I'll agree on that one. I'll agree on you on that one. I'll agree on you on that one. Yeah, especially it's it's much more noticeable on the gold knights because they look more like mustard than gold because <laughs> it's not really shiny. Um, but the the final ones that they came out with because I do have Iki and they fixed a lot of the paint issues on that. I doubt that since these are just going to be re releases that they will 
um, fix anything with them. It's probably just going to be the same stuff that we got before. But um, I noticed that they are also reissuing a couple of others from other franchises. Like there was a One Piece character and a Naruto character. I I had it pulled up, but I guess my tab stopped. Um, but uh, it doesn't look like they're doing full lines of anything but Saint Seiya. So that's very interesting. Yeah, so Sanji from One Piece is being reissued. And somebody from Naruto is being reissued. and the mm-hmm. But the entire first wave of Saint Seiya is being redone. So it could... I don't know if it's just because, you know, they this line is going to do that periodically like some do. Or if they're doing it because of all of the new series and everything being hyped. I don't know. But um, I'm excited about it. Because anytime you can have, like, figures and things on the shelves from Saint Seiya is good for me. Like, I... Living in the United States, we've had Saint Seiya on the shelves like maybe twice in the history of the U.S. Um, with the anime heroes figures, and then as soon like for the first couple months of it being on Cartoon Network with the deep dub, and that was about it. So this is good news for me. Yeah, I was gonna say that I also think that it is good. Uh, like when it comes to this particular line of figures, I think that unfortunately it's uh, how to put it. You have to. You have to look at them for what they are, and it's a, a, a different line meant to be an actual toy that you can play with. And in retrospect, I wish that we had toys like this when I was a kid, because I actually had the original vintage figures, the St. Claude series figures, and I actually played with them like any, any normal kid would, and I <laughs> fucking hate myself because I ended up uh, losing quite a lot of the pieces, and I, and I actually ended up uh, giving them away back when I wasn't... How to put it? I've always had, loved Sensei, but there was a period of time where, where you obviously lose interest and you're not that close to, to, to the franchise that you love, etc. So I, I threw them away, and I fucking hate myself for doing that, and I want to kick myself every time I remember it. So I, it's a good thing because, one, it serves its purpose as a toy. Two, it serves as a collectible. Three, the fact that this particular line is getting a reprint, regardless of the circumstances, it's good because that means that they are willing to invest money, which is something that companies sometimes do not like to do. When when they deem something as a failure, it's like, we lost, screw it, and throw it out the window. But the fact that they are going to do another wave of this, not, not another wave, a reprint, Issue of this wave, yeah, reissue of this wave means that they are putting money and they're investing because they, they have some faith or some expectations regarding either profit or that they think that they can sell these units. So it is good news regardless, and I'm happy for that. And they're they're reasonably priced too. They're like right at the twenty to twenty five dollar mark, which I mean is probably the higher side of like. Um, budget baseline figures but they're still they're really detailed for a, an america bandai america they're really detailed <laughs> no shade to bandai america but they don't have the best but they're really detailed for a bandai america figure and like like you said they're meant to be played with they're meant to be posed and put in different positions they're not high-end figures they're they're meant to be like mass produced and stuff so it's nice to have especially with saint Seiya just being so so beloved that almost any piece of merchandise from Saint Seiya just skyrockets to an astronomical price once it's been out for a little while and like out of print. Some of the yeah. even the brand new stuff, like the Shun statue that's coming out, that's like three thousand oh, yeah. dollars. It's just it, it's stuff that's just way out of my price range, way out of a lot of people's price range. So it's nice that we have these figures. And as much as I complain about them kind of 
cherry picking characters. It's nice that we're getting a variety of different characters from a variety of different points in the show. Like Iki, the Iki figure that got released is his second or third iteration of the armor. Second. I think it's, it's the second. Yeah, that's because it's when he's all purple. He's not brown and orange anymore. Um, and then you have the Gold Saints, which come in later. But then you have like Seiya, and it, it's just it's a, a neat point of it. I, me being my personality type, I wish that the first line would have just been the five bronze saints, but. Um, apparently, as far as merchandise goes, um, Hyoga and Shun just don't exist. <laughs> uh, yeah, because even in the band Presto figures, they didn't get one, which I'm very bitter about as well. But yeah, the, I'm to kind of circle back to what we were talking about, really excited that these are being re-released just because it'll be on, potentially be on store shelves again. Um, I still see a lot of the other Anime Heroes lines when Target or or other stores so i know that they have space shelf or shelf space for them so it's the hypothetically they're going to be back in stores and it's just going to be cool because they do have really interesting design they it is from a classic anime but it still has that shonen kind of like um badass aesthetic that a lot yeah. of like i want to say boys but that's kind of that's kind of like misogynistic a lot of kids would be interested and gravitate to and then could potentially watch like the Netflix show because it's all we have in the United States right now, <laughs> or you know Omega or something else, and become a fan. So it's it's exciting that it's like a a faint heartbeat, and you know like it's just it's more than I expected. I I really thought that with the like year or so where we haven't gotten any new figures from the line that they just kind of abandoned it. So it's nice that we're at least getting people that didn't have a chance to get them the first time getting them another chance. I'm done rambling. Um, as someone that collects action figures all the time, one of, uh, one of the things I do like is like they are at scale with like all the other like majority of the action figure lines are out of the prison market, like your Marvel Legends, your mm -hmm. your like I collect I collect pretty much a lot of things. I collect like G.I. Joe classified series are at that same scale as well. So it's weird to have a GI so it's weird to have an action figure that it, it's weird to have a Saint Seiya toy in the 2020 in, the, in 2021, 2022, 2023. That's at scale and can hang out with my GI Joes and my uh, and my Marvel Legend toys because that, that I, I'm 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 kind of weird like that. Where it's just like I, I I know some people are like 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 they're like they're ripping their their hair out like you should not mix and match. Like fuck you, I want to mix and match. I will mix and match all I want because I want to do crossovers. God damn it. And I have a Sailor Moon shelf, and I have a Preaker shelf, and I have a One Piece shelf. <laughs> They're all I have them all segregated, so I'm the opposite. <laughs> me, 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 I have I, I do that with I do that I like I do that too. But it's like sometimes too, if like I'm doing photos and stuff like that, like whenever I just want to pull on photos, of course I'm just, I'm gonna put like Skeletor fighting like I don't know like Ant Man or like you know I got a lot of Kamen Rider figures. are like oh, okay, you say uh, you're up against um. You're up against O's. Cool. RPOs. Cool. I'm picking what? sides. Every time you list one, I'm picking a side. All right. Fine. I see it. I see how it is. I will... I'll go on record by saying O's is not one of my favorite common writers. If you'd said like Fies or Blade, I might be a little bit more on the fence, but no. Um, say all the way. All right. So I, I will do stuff like that. So as someone that I know, I know you don't like, we've, we've already had this discussion before on the show where it's like, you don't like your articulation stuff. I love your articulation stuff. I love like just posing and stuff like that. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's like, I love having like, I do like, I love taking photographs. I have a little 
I have a bo- I have a, I have a photo box where I where I do all that kind of thing, and I always like showing up like my new stuff and posing it and all that stuff. So I always invest in like and I always invest in like uh, um I always invest in like you know the the stands and all that stuff because like I love posing all that stuff. I love having like you know I love doing dia- I love having like dioramas and stuff like that. Like, going so it's like for me it's like, it it feeds that need and I do appreciate that there's a line that oh Saint Seiya that's affordable. And not only that, it can fit in perfectly with all my other lines that I collect as well. And not only that, right now, since we're kind of hit the series, we're in a recession. And literally, they even though they jacked up the price to $3 coming, coming soon, $23 compared to the now $30 for a single figure for a single figure um, in, uh, for Marvel Legends. And I think they're going to start increasing it even more. I think, yeah, I think about $33 for the new, for some upcoming G.I. Joe figures. So, like, that's getting, so those are getting, so they're getting more expensive as time, as time goes on. For that to be $23, that's actually really good. So, it's something affordable, especially right now in, in, in where we are right now in the world. Getting these characters out there, especially since, like, you know, we're going to get the CGI show on, on, on Punchy World. We're getting, we have the, the shows, the, the series, the manga is available through, like, the Shonen Jump app. Uh, we're gonna get a movie and all that stuff. That, that's a perfect way to like get people to get people into the series. Just, even if the, people just get Saya, you're not gonna be disappointed with Saya. I'm, I'm not disappointed. I have my thoughts because like it's like I think they just really weird. But I don't give a shit. I love I, I love it regardless because it's at least a figure I can like I can have them like beat up a couple of Cobra Troopers. So yay, go go Saya trying to beat up Zartan. <laughs> uh, I don't know who Zartan is. So Saya, am I? Yeah, did I fail? Zar- yeah, 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 yeah. Zartan is a bad guy from gi joe uh the only bad guy from gi joe is commander cobra and then the 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 guy that looks like he has a like snake skin that he wears oh serpentor yeah that guy yeah and because like what the fuck are you gringos talking about <laughs> well, sorry I, it's just i know about gi joe it's just not uh something i'm too no. familiar with <laughs> no I'm, I'm like oh my god what is this crazy gringo talking about oh my god this guy is crazy but when i was a kid when i was a kid we had a vhs tape of of uh gi joe because i didn't get the channel it came on and i watched the vhs tape over and over again it had the guy with the big snake serpentor i guess his name the big snake like headdress thing that he wears and he's like green yeah and uh, I thought that was Cobra Commander for the longest time because I was like, "Well, he looks like a Cobra. Why wouldn't that be Cobra Commander?" All right, that now now we're now we're fucking now we're in, like definitely in Saturday the Morning Squadron territory. That's something we can discuss another time, like on that show. Well, I told you I'd be the perfect guest because <laughs> I just oh, rambled well, I, have, I have I have you I have you pick. that. I gotta stop saying that word. Yeah, stop saying pegged. I know. Thank you. I gotta stop saying. I gotta, I have you penciled in for something for something down the road. Trust me, I, and you trust me. You'll love this one. But we'll, we'll, that's, oh. again, we'll that's a that's a whole different discussion for a whole different time for a whole different podcast. We gotta rip that. We gotta we gotta rip that. We gotta rip that bandaid off. Unfortunately, guys, we gotta we gotta do that. We gotta we gotta do this. Yeah, we've been talking for about an hour trying to dance around the subject of burnt <laughs> sienna and her knights. I guess I don't know. I think. It was a it was it was an interesting watch. I will say that. I just before we go into the episodes, I only watched the first episode, and then I had a very visceral when it first came. I had a very visceral reaction to everything I was seeing, and once I found out that you know the whole Shun fiasco and some of the name changes, I was just, I noped out. But then um, Mr. Bossman over here said that I had to do it. He said, "If you want to be a star, uh, get your Hollywood 
star walk of fame, you gotta watch the show. So here I am, um, making Mama proud. That's right. You gotta, you gotta dance. You gotta dance. You gotta dance with your. Money. You gotta dance for. You gotta dance for your money makers. I'm just gonna pour myself out for abuse. No, that makes me sound like a pimp. God damn it! I'm gonna have to edit all out. <laughs> Fuck you! The episode is suddenly thirty minutes long. Oh god! Yes, so we watch. Yes. Because I'm so sorry you have to be, you have to be witness all this. I know you're I know you're expecting us to be a little bit more organized, but I am so so sorry that this is your I mean, first episode here, and like you're now seeing the insanity. Well, if you if you listen to any of our episodes, I just say whatever comes to my brain. I think don't worry. I, I, I I listen to the podcast. I I know the 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 insanity that can happen. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but yeah, we gotta we gotta rip out, we gotta rip out that band aid. We gotta talk about the episode. So. May I uh, may I rip off the bandaid with one topic? Go for it. Uh, as okay, so I I went ahead and in preparation for for today's episode, which is we're going to talk about the first four episodes of the CGI show. Um, I saw th I saw them in English, and I cannot help but be immediately like put a little bit back with all the name changes that the show has. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I was expecting some of them. And I understand the reason for it. I mean, I, I I am pretty much aware of of the localization that that happens. I mean, we also has have some series that have changed the names as well. For example, Sailor Moon, we have the American names. Uh, also, with Captain Tsubasa, we we also call them Oliver Atom and things like that. Like like I am. What the French? What the French names for that one? Yeah, so I, it's like it's not like completely ba ba baffling to me because I understand that and I understand the reasons to try to like appeal by localizing certain aspects of it. But Jesus, the the, the decisions in some of these names is like, what the hell were they thinking? <laughs> yeah, like I'll I'll say in in defense of Sailor Moon, I'm I'm the Sailor Moon combatant. A lot of the English names made sense, like they changed the spelling of Ami to Amy. Because that's the American spelling. Same with Ray, um, Serena. They kept the moon theme in her name because Usagi Sakino was the rabbit in the moon. So at least they kept the the Serenity Serena that connection there. A lot of the name changes made sense. Lita made no sense. I will never defend that. Um, but the name changes in this just seem so random. Like I don't feel like they connect with them. Like. Long may be the only one that makes sense, but even then it feels slightly racist. Like I don't I, I don't think that was their intention, but it just like that seems like a very like stereotypical like Chinese name. Not to mention the innuendo, Dragon Long. Well, I call him Long Dong, so <laughs> <laughs> And not only that, like long in Chinese does translate to dragon. So he's dragon dragon. Dragon dragon. Pump the dragon, dragon ball Z. <laughs> okay, sorry. But yeah, like I so I've decided that I I know better names for them and I will I'll explain as we go along, but uh yeah, Shiryu is definitely Long Dong. There are two Dongs actually because I guess I was just in a Dong mood the other day when I was watching. But um, That's what happens. That's what happens when you start that's what happens when you start watching the that's what happens when you start watching the CGI show. One of the things that that that's that, that I wanted to bring up here it's like um I'm surprised by the amount of like stupid like quips that they had to add in. If I had yeah, to see they, they... that fucking drain pipe one more oh time, my God, that yeah. manhole cover, I will yeah. die. 
I actually took notes for every single episode precisely because of, and, yes. and, and and okay this I I want to say this now that you took uh, that you touched on that topic it's like they gave the fuck can I swear in, in the in the show yeah yeah go ahead yeah, they gave the like, fucking talking manhole screen time but they reduced the fights with both Geki and with Ichi to less than five minutes. Are you fucking kidding me? Not in five minutes, in like five seconds, you blink, you miss it. Yeah. And Wolf, like, like randomly lost off screen. To, like... to, to whom? To whom did he lose? That's what I want to know. It's like, you see him fighting something. Who the fuck did he fight? Yeah, they, he just comes up later and he's like, well, I lost. We're leaving. It's like, that's a convenient way to write you guys out of the show. I mean, at least it's better than them just being cowards and not going to say worry like in the anime. They're just like, nope. That's 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 all that's that's below our pay grade. I'm sorry, we we only got paid to do the fighting. That's it. But but you know it, it's funny because at least in this show they, they they kind of mentioned something that even though the execution was kind of bad, but at least they say it's like, can you believe this girl like like the way that she's dressed and almost believing herself to be a goddess? And do you really believe that whole gold armor thing? Like they have a certain cynicism that would uh, like justify them just going off, right? But but still, it's like it's so weird. Like, like the idea isn't that bad, but they're already changing so much. Uh, but I think we should probably go parts by parts because if not, we're gonna we could be jumping around. But yeah, it's baffling how how certain quips, how certain some of them land. I, I do like some of the quips that Seiya makes, which is a in character for him. He's always been kind of uh, cocky and arrogant, even in both in the manga and in the original. Uh, uh, anime, so having him be like this, it's like, okay, it's a modern interpretation, and for this particular for the audience that it was designed this series on, but it keeps the spirit of the character, so in that sense it's okay, some of them land, some of them don't but kind of understandable, but some of the jokes like the stupid manhole cover, it's like, oh my god I hate it, yeah, yeah I hate it, so I'm like, you know, like I said the the, the series begins kind of very differently than than we saw with the, than we saw in the the in the manga and the, the anime, we get to see a lot of like stuff with um. We get to see a brief period with, like already we start with opening. So like, Saya is with Patricia, her, her sister, and, oh, they, and she, that that wasn't me. That was Patricia. Sorry, I had to say it. Moving on. By by the way, is talking about uh, Seika or Patricia in this case? Yeah. Is does, is this show implying that she also uh, has well, that she can also tap into her Cosmo? Because you see her with the glowing yeah. hands. Yes. I, I get. I guess. I guess they're. I guess they're going with um with with what they were originally. Supposed, I guess they're going with what they was originally um trying to imply that she might be um Marion, but that's actually what I was thinking. Like, okay, if they went with the whole trying to delude the audience into believing that Marion could be, say, a sister. Which also, it's it's one of the notes that I took about episode two. Is like, like uh, Marin doesn't really give a shit about Seiya arriving in the island. It's like, oh yeah, kill him, go go on. But the moment that she hears his name, is like, what? And she then takes interest in him. So they could be playing that angle, even though it doesn't make sense. And we already know out the people that know outside of the show that she's not really his sister. It's like, think, what are they going for? That's something that does intrigue me. So it it can be one of two ways, and either way it's not going to go over well. Either they're going to actually make Patricia be Marin. God, I hate saying that. Uh, either Patricia and Marin are going to be the same, or they're going to lead you on even harder than the Because the original anime and manga 
led you on pretty strongly. Like they had similar hair color. They both really cared about Seiya. You know, she the timeline and the ages kind of matched up. And it she wore a mask all the time, so you could never see her face. And also, she when, meant, and meant, and also she does and uh, Marin. Does, I, I don't know if in the, she didn't mention this in the anime, but in the manga, she does mention that like I had a younger brother that looks similar to you, Seiya. Yeah. And so the 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 original source material already led us on real hard and originally, but this one, one of the things it, it is skipping ahead a little bit further. But in the second episode, when we meet Pizzazz from the Misfits, she's not wearing a mask, and so and then we have Shun, who's a girl that we see later. So we know in this iteration, the girls don't have to wear a mask. So yeah, Marin is wearing a mask specifically on purpose for a reason, so it seems like she's specifically trying to hide her identity, or maybe is going to have in, later on some backstory that explains why she's wearing it, but it's not, It's it's it feels a lot more clunky than the original anime, because in the original anime, the women had to wear masks, and so it was, it, it didn't seem odd that you couldn't see her face, it didn't seem as out of place, but this, it just feels really glaring, because you see Pizzazz slash Shina, who I will call Pizzazz from now on, you see her face from the get-go, mm-hmm. like from the very beginning. So it just, it's just weird. And also you see weird. Shun as well. You see Shun, I think you mentioned earlier, yeah. you saw Shun as well, and she didn't have a mask either. Sean right, is her name, thank you. Shane, Sean, something like that. Is it Sean? <laughs> Sean. It's Sean. I called girl. I kept writing girl every time. I'm sorry. I, I, I apologize in advance. I have named basically all the major characters, um, and I hope I don't offend anybody, but her name is um, so yeah, but one inter- another interesting thing is that we right away we get to see when we get to see like a, a gold sink, we get to see Iodios. Iodia. Yeah, which is ironic. Well, I was gonna say it's ironic. It's not so much ironic. Uh, Iodia is the very first gold. Uh, is the first gold saint who we actually see uh, uh, at the very beginning of the story, at least his face, because I mean Saga is also there by he's the, the Pope in the, that scene as well. But we get to see Ioria's face and we get to recognize him first, and he's the first gold saint in in the in the story. Even though he originally wasn't meant to be a gold saint, and that was a decision Kurumada took later. He was just supposed to be a cameo. Well, we did get to see him. He's the first approach we have to the gold saint, so it's appropriate that he's the very first one that we see. But it's uh, but the the way that the series begins already like by having the military attack Seiya and Patricia for, for what you can probably like I'm deducing that it's because they probably sense like like I also want to get into this point later but it, maybe they know that Seiya is supposed to be the one destined to become the Pegasus Saint and maybe they want to stop that I don't know what but Ayori appearing there out of nowhere and him taking Seika or Patricia like he kidnaps her. Like it's yeah. why? Like how are they gonna handle? I I don't I I don't know. I haven't seen the rest of the episodes, and I, as far as I know, I think they haven't touched on that. But how the hell are they gonna attack that subject when when that's not at all the role Seika has to play in the story? When her role becomes prominent until they hate a saga, what what plans do they have for that? It's it's baffling. Yeah, and that's that you are correct on a lot of those things. So it's just like I don't know what they have planned, and like. If they're going, if they're going to go the route of making her Marin, that could be weird. And if they just do something completely different, like holy shit, like the, they they tell they telegraph just completely. It's even worse. It's even worse how they how they telegraph it than, than all the other media. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. I'm just gonna say this right now. And like, don't don't judge me for what I did. I watched it again, and I watched it willingly again. 
I did watch it willingly when the first time I did it. I did watch it when the earliest episodes of the show. You can listen to me watch. You, you can listen to me talk about the show. Like, I, I, I came to I came to a realization as I as I did what I did that wow, it, there is a there's a lot of void. And this is what I did. I I did my time. I don't need to do this anymore. Like I don't need to, I don't need to spend more time. I'm just gonna watch this at at one point five speed. Just to like get, just to like, I just like, I can at least get a refresher to my brain. And as I watch it again, holy shit, there's like long periods of absolutely nothing. Even when you turn on 1.5 speed and things go start, and everyone starts selling start like a chipmunk, it it goes to the glacier's pace. Yet they're going, they, it's like they're simultaneously going, they're, they're simultaneously going, going very fast. They're, they're they're going right out. They're 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 going right through. They're they're flying right through the galactic war like. Like literally, the Galaxy Wars just ended in these four episodes, but I felt like, like I felt like absolutely nothing had happened as well. You guys get that feeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I know what you mean. Uh, by the way, uh, I actually have notes on on the on each episode because I was uh, writing my notes as I was watching them. So if you want to check something on that, that maybe like something that catches your attention to discuss that, uh, I just share the documents. All right, all right, we'll check them out right here. But oh, uh, is there? A so but yeah yeah in general it's uh it's like baffling how how much how much wasted screen time there is because what that screen time could be used for which is basically what you would expect for them to be faithful on which is the fights uh, if uh, branching out a little bit exploring or or like trying to 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 see in a new light with this type of animation the fights between the, the saints in the in the galaction wars the Galaxian Wars is literally less than two episodes. It, it, they they summarize that arc of the of the story in such a way that it's even barely worth talking about. I I have a theory, but just based off of what I've like being in animation for so long and knowing the struggles that go behind it and stuff. These character models look really good when they're standing still. Yes. they look phenomenal. And a lot of the action scenes look really good, but when they are talking, when they're mouth-serving, and when they are just having basic interactions, it looks like it was done in, like, a... Um, uh, I can't think of the, the, the that 3D program where you just, like, plug in characters and, like, move their mouth manually. Like, it looks really uncanny and not great when they're, like, not... When, when they're, like, doing regular activity. Like they put a lot of effort into the fights. The glimpses that we got to saw looked really nice, but like the just the normal interactions look so uncanny and weird. And the way they their mouths move and they talk looks really weird. So I think a lot of the static imagery was probably to lessen that um, freaky looking nonsense. <laughs> if you know what I mean. That's my theory on it, anyway. Okay, just touching up on the animation. Yeah, because it's so strange. Like, like not only. In the parts where they're still, because yes, you can kind of feel like the dissonance from that. But also in certain in certain parts of the fights, there are parts that look really good, but there are also parts that feel very. And I I think that I wrote this down like this. They feel weightless. They feel empty in the sense that, for example, in the fight against Shiryu and Seiya, okay, I don't expect them to have the the same level of blood and the same amount of. Uh, violence and intensity that the the original story had because i know that they're trying to adapt it for a younger audience but the way one of the things that particularly and and this is something that bothers me and i don't know if you get to see this more in the next episodes but the clots 
in each and every single fight that they have to showcase the intensity of the fights that they are doing, both in the in the manga as well as in the classic anime, they get destroyed. They get pulverized. You see cracks in them. You see the damage done to them. I can't understand toning down the blood, but why not show that damage? All you get to see is that, okay, they get a little dusty, and that's it. And that takes a lot of the weight on the fights, because what I was thinking when I was seeing the fight between Sei and Shiri is like, okay, he, he won with one punch, but he was wearing his cloth, there was no armor, and I'm supposed to believe that he's dying? It's, mm -hmm. it's very dissonant what they're trying to show what, to what you're actually seeing and to what you're witnessing. And that is a very huge failure, because some of the... Like, uh, any type of, of, of story, any type of media that you see in, in the visual medium, there are elements that can maybe compensate for others, right? Sometimes the visuals or the action or the music or, or many of those as aspects combined can make up for a, a lacking in something else, in, in another area. But when you have, when you're lacking in, in so many different areas and, and you're not compensating with something else, it, then that's when you get to see it with such a critical eye in, in the bad sense. And I think that's one of the many things that this show uh, has gotten the the bad reputation that it, that it has because it deserves it, and and you can see it when watch, watching the episodes and witnessing those little details. Particularly if you're somebody that knows the franchise from outside. I was just because they they really didn't do that fight justice. Like neither neither of the like two and a half fights that we saw were done very very just. I feel like, but. Yeah, I, I completely agree that they something about it felt off and weightless probably is the right word to use there. Like it like they're when they would show close ups of their armor, like you would see little scuffs and scratches and stuff, but like it wasn't as brutal like as punching directly through the chest piece and creating a crater in it or anything like that, like we saw very often <laughs> in the original. So I I I think that kind of sums up how I was feeling. I just didn't have the right word for it. Yeah, and it's one of the things I will agree on. It was something like it, it, I was gonna say too. It was like something I've noticed when, when you watch when you watch like you're you're an experiment like for especially if you already watched it before. And I do want you and I don't like I, I don't want to impose this on you guys again to watch these episodes. But if you do decide to more really want to do this to yourselves again and want to watch these episodes, do watch them at one point five speed because <laughs> then you start noticing then you start noticing some like the shortcuts. And like what what kind of referee says, like when you start to like copy and paste stuff, and it starts looking kind of ironic, like ironic, um, uncanny valley at times. Because like, mm -hmm. I, I know, like, I know, I thought that you're not supposed to be watching this animation in this in this way, because it that's what that's what leads to a lot of herky jerk animation. But like, it, like even when you supposed to, even when you watch an animation like in, at that speed or something like that, even with CGI, you should be able to at least get something cohesive and look that that actually looks kind of coherent at whatever speed. Here it's like uh, I watch it. It's like it's something really off about how they're how they're being animated. Like like they're like it's like it's like they're kind of rubbery in a way. Like like and not in a good way. It's like Jesus. Like something's something's really off. Sorry, now that you touch on that topic, exactly because it lacks like dynamic. Uh, like it's not dynamic. You see the animation, but it's you feel it to be so still. It doesn't have that dynamic that uh that that uh, movement that uh fluidity that the original series had and, and for example i was actually going to touch on this topic too because you can sense it as well not only with the with what you're actually seeing 
but with the music as well. Because I remember that, that one of the criticisms was like, oh, the music that he has is, is like very bad and things like that. I was actually paying attention to the music and it's orchestral music. Like you can hear violins, you can hear, hear all those instruments that you would hear in an orchestra. And the music is actually very beautiful and very good, but it is not memorable. And it doesn't really, even though you kind of feel, you can get the feel of what they're trying to portray, but it doesn't fit this particular series. And one of the things that, of the brilliance of, of, of Yokoyama-sensei, was that even he not only used the, the orchestra, but he also used modern instruments, the guitars, the bass, the drums, and, and the, there's a lot of parts of the music that, that are like very intense. Not necessarily fast, but very intense. And that's what this, that you can see that both in the music and the animation. It lacks intensity in almost everything. Thank you. You put up. You actually brought up a really good point, and you brought up a good point with the music. Seiji Yokoyama, you know, God bless his soul. One of the things I love about about his work is that he mixes in not just orchestral, amazing orchestral, like you know, big, big, you know, big brass like orchestral stuff, but he also puts in he also puts in like heavy metal influences as well, and I really do appreciate that. It's not, and he does that. He does that not not only in um in Saint Seiya, but he also done, he also does it in Metaller as well, where he if you deliver list if you because he did the soundtrack for that series. And you listen to that, it's like, holy shit, like, th this guy knows how to make, like, a scene, like, pop, not just by using the orchestral stuff, but also using, like, the heavy metal, like, like, guitars and drums and stuff like that, like, a lot of electric stuff that you would not be able to mix, he mixes it in pretty well. Here, it's like, I, for, like, don't put a gun on my head and ask me to pull a few notes of, of the soundtrack, because I will not, I'll just be like, just, just do it, like, I don't care. Yeah, it's like it's not like the music. It's not that the music is bad, but it's not memorable, and it doesn't really feel that it matches what the show is supposed to be. And that's its primary, primary, uh, first uh, and most important mistake when it comes to the music. Because maybe if you put those same melodies into something else, it might work, but here it doesn't. And it complements, it complements the the rest of the of the lacking in in the other areas of the show. I was gonna say like one of the, one of the things I was gonna say is like this is a great soundtrack, but not a Saint Seiya soundtrack. Especially yeah. when you see something, you need something that that mixes in something mixing other sounds as well to to give you an identifier as to what's going on. When everything starts to sound the same, it starts to drown out everything else. You need you need something bombastic with the soundtrack and everything else, and there's none of that bombastic bigness of that that the original series that the original series soundtrack or the original animation had. Okay, so there's one thing I will give them praise. There's these little parts when they do when they do flashbacks. But I absolutely love how they did how they did those hand drawn anime, those hand drawn stuff. Oh yeah, those look nice. Yeah, that's very good. I will. I mean, so if, like I was gonna say like let's all say one nice thing about the series, and I mean, that's that's my one nice thing where it's like the, the, the hand drawn stuff when they when they do flashbacks is in freaking incredible. And I wish they could. They wish it would have. I wish it would have went with that style. And it, should, and, it should, and it makes me wish, god damn, why couldn't this, why couldn't this been in a better anime or a better TV show? I personally really like the designs of, the, of most of the characters, especially like the core five, I want to say four, core five guys, the core five people, because <laughs> um, we have girl in there. Uh, but I, I just like, um, I, you, you probably know by now, I'm not a big Marvel movie fan, but I really like that... Um, I, I like to call it like battle spandex um, that Marvel uses for a lot of their characters where like yeah. if you get close up on it, it has like a lot of texture to it yeah. and it and they have that for their under the undersuits and it looks so nice in close up shots and a lot of the armors look nice. And I think the characters 
translated well to 3D. I mean, we already knew that they could because of the Legend of Sanctuary movie, but this went in like a more realistic approach to designing the characters and how they might look in mind. So I think they look phenomenal. It's just, like I said, when it gets to the animation part, like I would love to have merchandise. For I'd love to have like a poster with them, like rendered really high detail or maybe a, a couple of figures based on these designs because they look beautiful. I just wish that it had been animated a little bit more with a little bit more love. It didn't feel like the the heart was there for the animation portion, the actual movement of the characters. But they look great. Um, I I even said it whenever we got the poster for Knights look phenomenal. Um, they from from the slightly blurry image we had, they didn't ruin my boy. So I'm looking forward to season two slightly unironically now. All right. Um, I I know we're going all over the place, but like one good thing that you did appreciate. One good thing that I did appreciate. There are actually a couple of uh, several things that I think that that are good on on the show. One, the the fact that Seiya and actually this surprised me. Even maybe the execution isn't the best, but but something that I like is how they're trying to actually make Seiya a leader. How like mm-hmm. like in the episode in episode four when they're fighting the uh, they're fight, fighting the fucking tanks and, and, and the place anyway they, when when they're doing that at least you can see like everybody's kind of like in chaos like doing their own thing and say yes actually trying to bring them together trying to make them cooperate actually acting like a leader I really like that I also like how um, I, I I like despite the fact that it's not the best uh, execution in in terms of the action Shiryu so far besides the name. The, the essence of the character seems to be there as well. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm I very interested to see what... Like, they keep uh, keep uh, talking about this prophecy. Like, is, uh, Athena is going to lose against Poseidon and Hades. And it and we see in, in the opening and in the first uh, image that this uh, prophecy comes from the Kratri's uh, silver cloth. Which we know in in the manga in, in in next dimension, it has the power to 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 predict the future. So I want to see what angle they're gonna tackle with that because one of the things that uh, the director keeps saying and has been very adamant about regarding this upcoming season is that now that they're gonna try to be more faithful to the story, more faithful to the manga, but obviously there are elements that they've already put in place that simply cannot be ignored. So I want to see what that leads to. Because it's something that also ties to to the to the core story and to the to the act to the actual manga. So that is one thing that I that I'm that I that I that I like that I'm interested in, and that and also I am actually liking how they're portraying Seiya. I say that um, this is probably an unpopular opinion, but I kind of like Edge Lord Hyoga. Yeah, okay. <laughs> actually, that's one of my notes. What I I just put like Hyoga's a dick. Yeah, but I kind of like it because when one of the things that um, doing this podcast I've come to realize is when I when I originally watched the show when I was much younger, Hyoga was my favorite. And I think Hyoga was my favorite because I've always liked ice powers. I've always like I, I thought he was kind of cute, you know, but also like I liked his powers a lot. I liked his story. But when you watch it back of the core five members, he probably has the least personality, I feel like. Um Yoga stands don't come for me, but I mean, like everybody else has like these really fleshed out. Like you, when when in a situation approaches, you know that Say is going to rush in there. You know that Shidi is going to be the calm one. 
You know that Shun is always going to be trying to find the peaceful solution. You know that Icky is going to show up and save them at the last second and not give a crap about any of them, but secretly he loves them and he's a small bean. But with Hyoka, Hyoka has always been kind of the least fleshed out personality-wise, at least in the anime, because that's where m- most of my perspective comes from. So I like that they're giving him this character angle, even though it's not as faithful, because in reality, he's not that big of a dick. Like, he has his moments, but he's not that big of a jerk. But in this, like, he comes out of the gate like he's a double agent. He's, you know, working for the bad guys. He's constantly talking crap about um, Burnt Sienna. Is going to be her name from now on. Um, so, like, he, he's he got personality. So I really, really like that. Also, his name is Magnus, so I changed it to Magnum Dong. Moving on. <laughs> But yeah, I like. I just like that they he's he's got a personality now, and not I'm not saying that he had no personality in the original. It's just it, I feel like this iteration is much more memorable and a little bit more. It is it is like a cliche. There's the one member that's a cynical one that's doubting everything and trying to be more realistic or whatever. Uh, but it it somehow works, and I think that once we get to the the next episodes where the team is actually going to be working together. Um, against like the Black Saints and against Nero. Oh no! Um, I think that we'll see that team dynamic. And and like you were saying, he, he's all say has already taken on this, so it, it feels like they're kind of amplifying their personalities because they knew it was going to be a shorter show. They knew it wasn't going to be a hundred some odd episodes by any means, and, and we got twelve. So they, I feel like they really pushed the personalities early on. And, you know. Shun slash girl is pretty similar to how you would expect Shun to react from the original. Um, and what we've seen is Shiryu slash Longdong, um, pretty much the same too. So I just thought that it was kind of ex- uh, exceptional that they decided to kind of bolster Hyoga a little bit more to the fore and, and making me love him again. <laughs> There's one thing I will say, like it's interesting what they what they did with uh, with Hyoga because in the manga they actually he actually does outright say like look I'm the like supposed to yeah 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 that's right someone was supposed to kill someone was supposed to sent here by the by the by the Pope to kill all you guys and that guy was me but I actually fell in love with you guys I'm sorry I y'all 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 were just too freaking nice I just can't kill all you ah uh, you silly here is a here at least he's like like I am here with a mission. From the from 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 the Pope, and I and he gave me the personal mission to kill to, to kill to kill quote unquote um Athena because like they don't believe that this person's Athena, and I'm just here for that, and that's it. And eventually, uh, and eventually, uh, eventually he gets there, and he's like, maybe maybe they're wrong, that maybe she really is Athena. I don't know, guys. I don't know. Maybe 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 yeah. So I do appreciate that they're, that they're using top points from the manga. Yeah. In addition to in addition to stuff from like the animation that we still afford. That, that's one of the things I really did. That's one of the things I, I praise when I when I originally watched it. It's one of the things I praise right now where it's like for all the things we are complaining about some of the plot holes and stuff like that, like when like with like, you know, with, with um was with, with stuff with like Mary and stuff like that. I do appreciate them doing stuff like that. Where they're actually doing something where they're actually lifting one of the better parts of the manga and actually fleshing that part out. Well, I, I, they also went real hard on, you know, because it's it's a thing in every iteration, as far as I know, that like you're only supposed to use your claws to fight for Athena, but they really pushed how the Galaxian Wars is like an abomination. In the eyes of Sanctuary, they're not fighting for Athena, and so the Galaxian War is just like 
I'm fighting. The the worst thing that could ever happen in in the terms of being a saint. So I thought that was a, a neat thing that they decided to push early on in this too. Yeah. Like there's it does a lot of things right. Like I like like Ramsey was saying, we don't want people to think that we are talking about this to bash on it. It's got a lot more low points than it does high points, but the high points are really high. And mm-hmm. I think that even based off of just the few episodes I've seen, that it deserved a second season. It needed more time to flesh these people out. And I'm hoping that the next season takes a little bit more time because they did really rush through this first tournament. And that was one of the things that I feel like really grabbed a lot of people from the beginning is slowly getting introduced to all these characters and just how far they their powers even at the very beginning of the show but here it just like wham bam the only person that really gets their powers explained at all is girl and that's because she (laughs) they they use her as like an exposition dump for a lot of stuff for her like chain sensing danger and stuff but like i I just i want them to especially because since they're coming up again i'm jumping way ahead but since they're coming up on the gold knights too and really gonna it looks like they're gonna go hard on that arc. I just I really hope that they slow down a little bit and because especially if they're gonna be doing another twelve episode series and obviously there's twelve gold knights, I don't want them to just like rush through the whole thing. Even if they have to do like episodes concurrently, like one group is in one house and the other group is in the other house and they're cutting back and forth. I just don't want it to be like the first episode is Ares Moose Temple. The second episode is Taurus's Temple. Like, I don't want them to do that. Like, I want them to take their time and make it flow correctly. Because this, man, I was really disappointed with how just how they just blew past the Galaxian War. Like, I know if you're a fan of St. Seiya, most people want to get to that gold St. Art. Because that's kind of like the the point where everybody agrees like this is good like everybody everybody is really into the saint arc so i can understand wanted to bum rush for that but like they took the entire first episode to give us like exposition that didn't even exist so it just feels very weird that they they gave us like this super info dump in the first episode and now they're breakneck speed running through it i got real sidetracked there but essentially what i'm trying to say is i i'm really hoping that um, a lot of the rumors about them being a little bit more faithful with season two are true, because cool. I I think that with the story elements that they put in place, if they align themselves back with the manga, yeah, there's going to be a couple of areas that are going to be confusing, like especially we're talking about the prophecy and all that. But I think that it can work, and I think that it can be really good because the pieces are there. It's just the details, and I. I didn't completely not enjoy my time making some of the like I, I was really impressed by some of the characters they just throw away. Like Geki looks so good. That's the best iteration of Geki that I've seen. You like him even more but he's there for like five seconds and then he leaves. And I was so disappointed. It had flashes of brilliance, but they were all overshadowed by all the negative aspects of it. I mean, because mm-hmm. there are a ton. There there are a ton of things that uh, we could probably go on hours just talking about. I could just go on hours like pick uh, pickpocking like so many things that that go wrong. For example, the fact that okay, I know that it was just kind of like a burst, but like Seiya displaying the ability to use some of his cosmo even before getting trained, despite the fact that in this in the original story, 
okay, yes, it is specified that all humans have the capacity to develop their cosmo, but not every human can. Out of the hundred people that were were, were sent to train to become uh, bronze saints, literally only ten succeeded. It's not something that just, even though all humans have the capacity for it, that doesn't mean that just any. We have an expression here that's called "hijo del vecino," like any, like not 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 any person, random person, can just become a saint, or any person can just develop their cosmos. So that the fact that they're playing way too much, like Lost Canvas did, the, the whole the the Pegasus saint of legend and destiny, like they're also going in too much on that, despite the fact that they really didn't take that much weight on the story until the very last chapter. And many other aspects that, and let's face it, the the whole thing that happened with Shun, making him into a woman, it was a complete and utter misunderstanding of his character. It was people that didn't do the research. It was done for decisions that were not that shouldn't have been made, and it were mistakes that they were allowed to do. But hopefully, the next season starts to try and correct on those to. to give a better show not only more faithful to the source material but a better show itself because it doesn't matter if it's almost uh, uh, literally completely faithful and a panel by panel representation of the manga if the the pacing is going to be the same if the action is going to be the same if they don't bring in more passion to it it's going to be like luster as well so hopefully they have to start to correct on that my, we're, we're, we've been going all over the place here, and we still have a, like, I, like, okay, so there's more, there's, there's, there's a couple more things I kind of want to get to, it's like, we're, we're going all over the place, so. We normally do, I mean, <laughs> what's new? I know, but, uh, but I do, I do want to, so I do want to rein some, some sort of semblance back of, like, of control here, and I do want to bring up some, some one last minute things, because I, I think we, I think we, I think we, I think we got a good, I think, like, for these four episodes, I think we, we discussed enough, but I think there, there's a couple of other things that we do touch up on like on Vanda Garrard. I think what are you guys thoughts on introducing his character in this in this franchise with with, with a, a military essentially he's the guy he, he's the Ramsey he's the Ramsey stand in where it's like okay let's bring in the G.I. Joes in here. Question. I I'm hoping that I missed a detail and that our bronze knights aren't freaking mass murderers. Did they say anything about there being people inside of those helicopters and tanks? I know they didn't show anyone. And I think it was purposely to disconnect the fact that they just murdered at least 20 people. Yeah, they killed those people. I mean, even in the scene where where Sean is deflecting the bullets from the machine guns, she's deflecting them back at them at the same speed and they're hitting their necks. They're dead. Yeah, like, but but I'm like, I'm, I was wondering if there was like a line that's, that they threw in there that freaking American cartoons love to do. Just have exposition to be like, oh, it's a good thing these are all drone operated, so nobody died. But I didn't catch that, and I was like, nope. so you're just gonna let us believe that they just murdered like at least twenty people? They did. Yeah, <laughs> that was it's so, and that's what happens when you when you get more into the realm of realism with these like military like helicopters and guns and stuff like that. Is that those are like. It's one thing if it's like a knight and somebody with like supernatural power and you're fighting back, but this is like shooting fish in a barrel. Unfortunately, it's these people with like otherworldly powers, exploding tanks that are presumably full of a squadron of people that have no powers <laughs> and are pretty much helpless. It just it seems so bizarre. It was a very 
very jarring to watch both of those scenes because it was the one in the first episode um, when Burnt Sienna and Skater Boy are escaping and, and uh, Butler Man are escaping and uh, Skater Boy blows up the helicopter or whatever with his power. And then in the, I believe it was the fourth episode, like they just, all these tanks are like coming at them and helicopters and they're just blowing them up. And presumably there's people inside of those operating them. Now they're just murderers. Unfortunately, pretty much that's exactly what we see. I wow, this this took this went a very dark place. Just like it went to all the dark places. Like that went dark really quick. Thanks a lot, Conrad Furry. Well, I couldn't help but like I couldn't help but think of that. Like because even like it was a big thing in um because I come from like the '90s dub era where oh, Dragon Ball. Yeah, Dragon like where. Oh, well, don't, uh, Dragon Ball Z where it's like the Saiyans come and they, they're like, they blow up, they blow up, they blow up, uh, they blow up plane. It's like, I can see the parachutes from over here. Yeah, but, but like, they, they would have lines that would be like, oh, I'm glad that those are remotely operated or those people were robots the whole time just to like make it, make it to where your main hero is not a murderer. Oh my God. I just, I couldn't. When it comes to the whole Bander Garad thing, here's my summarize. Interesting idea. Terrible execution. Why? Okay, the idea, because the way that he's presented is actually pretty cool. He, alongside Mitsumasa Kido, well, Alman Kido in, in the English stuff, they've both find, found Athena and, and Aeolus. So the idea of a military man becoming obsessed with being able to have the power to face against the gods, it's actually an interesting one and actually a fresh one for the series. And it could have worked with one simple explanation that is actually canonical. What am I going to? Both the armies of Poseidon as well as the ones from Hades, it is, even though it's not specifically stated in the story, the official source material indicates that those people, with a certain exceptions, they did not train to use the Cosmo. They were able to do that thanks to the armors of the respective armies. So, despite the fact, like, they could have introduced Bandergrad in that regard, like, having him. Try to use first a military power, human power, to no avail. Show that he's powerless against even the basic saints. And maybe have him, like, because I know that, like, there's, like, a final confrontation with him at the end of the series. Why not give him an armor, an unknown one, and keep that as a mystery? As like, like, maybe the last episode or the last two episodes where he shows up with, with another, with a new armor from somewhere that somebody gave to him. And he's able to use a Cosmo. Which would make sense in the context of the series itself. It could present him as an actual interesting villain, and the execution could be interesting in, in in the way that it could lead to. But I just pull all that out of my sleeve because that's an idea that I could fit with that initial idea that they had. But the way that they executed it is just really bad so far. I can only imagine that it gets worse as the series progresses. You know, I don't want to spoil anything, uh, Mechas, but I'm going to tell you this right now. You're not that far off. Yeah, I kind of had a feeling that he was going to get some kind of ability to be on somewhat equal ground with them because he's too important. No, no, no. There's something that happens when we. It's going to be there. And I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to be very. I'm going to say this right now. I mean, I know you're the big black. I know you're the black saint fan. You're going to be very, very disappointed. I was just about to say how excited I am because the next episode is called The Black Saints. And so now Um, my life is ruined. Yeah, all I'm gonna say right now is like temper those expectations. Like, like oh, take it to like glacier levels. Like, 
You know, like you know how there's like sub zero below sub zero. Let's let, put it right there. So okay, like I I know we've been all over the place, but I think we got a pretty much a gist of it. Like like we got to this. Like there's 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 signs of good things in this series, and I I will still stand up by by what I said or like what I said way back in the original series, way back in the first couple of episodes when I started doing the series, when I started reviewing these episodes the first time. There's a glimpse of something good, but it's just. I, I don't know who's I don't who I don't know whose fault it is. I don't know if it's Netflix. I don't know if it's Eugene Sun. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's Toy. I don't, I don't know who's who's to blame here. But it's a complete utter mess, regardless. But there's there is a there, there's little germs. It's not a, it's not a little germ, but it's like little little things you can start picking out and you can start seeing some little some glimpses of, of brilliance in there. But for right now, it's just it's just covered in so much like other utter 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 crap. Yeah. For lack of a better way of describing it, and like, I, like unfortunately, we're running out of time here. Um, I would have wished would have. I would want to give your um, if you can close off here with your list of character names. Okay. Um, so I, I did want to say though, um, before we move on, just kind of touching in, I did. I completely forgot until I was looking at my notes. Now, did anybody else notice the that they reused the fight animation when they were yes. fighting against the tanks? Yes. 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 What? It, they didn't even try and change it. That's when I start. That's when I started noticing the animation. That's when I started seeing like, okay, something's really up with the animation. This is not right. That's when I started noticing when they were fighting. When they were fighting the when they were fighting the tanks and the soldiers and the and the, and the especially they're fighting my GI Joe vehicles. Yeah, I started doing all that bullshit. That's when I. That's when I started noticing like, wow, they're just repeating shit. They're just like take. They're just like taking whatever they did before and copying and pasting it. And then blatantly, mm-hmm. not like they didn't like they, they didn't put any, any new assets. They used the same freaking shots. And, and the worst part is like, okay, for an, okay, to to be fair, the classic series did that as well, and they did it quite often. But the difference was that they did they tended to do that. Like for example, they reused one animation in one episode, and then maybe the next one or a couple of episodes later, it wasn't three times in the same freaking episode. And it also was going on nonstop for like two years, and. That's a little bit more forgivable than twelve episodes per two years. Not just that. Not not just that. When it comes to those, when it comes to animation, when they reuse animation, like cell animation, they find ways to disguise it so they can so they can fool the brain thinking this is something different, and you don't start noticing it. When you start noticing, when it becomes painfully obvious when you repeat the same thing over and over again, and it's CGI. Yeah, or or it was just like a trope, like the attacks animations and stuff, or the transformation animation. That was just yeah. a thing that was commonly accepted and done like nowadays not as much but it, yeah. i just i wanted to bring up like how angry it made me to see that stupid missile blow up like three times <laughs> hated it all right anyway all right so Anyways. so my characters i want to i want to go over my characters before we finish up so Seiya is skater boy he said see you later boy, boy. <laughs> sienna is burnt sienna because that was the best thing i could come up with just because like Burnt sienna is a gross color anyway. It's kind of like muddy, muddy pink. <laughs> I don't like it. So, uh, Magnus is Magnum Dong, of course. Long is Long Dong. Shina is Pizzazz from Jim and the Holograms because <laughs> I can't unsee it. I um, lost it. When, I lost it when you told me that. I <laughs> fucking lost it. Someone that used to, someone that used to watch that series. I lost it when you said that. Congratulations. And now now that I've said that, I've connected the dots even further because Kesha played Pizzazz in the live action movie. And now I really want Kesha to be shy in the, in the, in the movie, the live action movie. 
it won't happen, but it would be fantastic. Anyways. Um, Shun is girl, as we touched on. Nero, I just put oh no. I don't know if that's going to be his name going forward, but that's what I said as soon as I said Nero. And then um, the only other person I gave a name to was Geki, and he's Bear Daddy. Thank you so much for your... We're, we're, we're going to routinely come back to this. We're going to call this the, the common writer for a minute of, of bad names. So you're going to be name. creative next time. Good names. They're good. All right. So any last-minute thoughts, any last-minute things you guys want to bring up anything to talk about before we head out? Um, I was surprised it was better than I thought it would be. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. It wasn't as much of a chore as I thought it was going to be. The first episode, for a longtime fan of the show, the first episode is incredibly jarring and not satisfying at all. Um, yeah, but then once once it picks up, I nitpicks about them speed running through the show aside. We've had other iterations. The Legend of Sanctuary movie I love, but that's like breakneck speed to the extreme. So we haven't got to that level of incredible nonsense yet. So there's still hope. Um, just it, it is again. I want to reiterate this, and I'm sure that both of you feel the same way. We we all love Saint Seiya. We want it to succeed. You can't ignore issues and faults in something and just pretend that it's perfect. So we're not pretending that it's perfect, but we also don't hate it. We're not saying that it's garbage. We're not saying that it's crap. We just want it to be better. And putting words out there in the universe, regardless of who's going to hear it or care about it, is a, a healthy way for fans to express how they feel about something. And, you know, this is not a terrible iteration by any means. It's just a hard pill to swallow for somebody that's been into it for decades. Okay. Okay. Regarding specifically the CGI show, um, like with everything, it has very interesting ideas. It has few moments of brilliance. I hope that I see more of them as I progress through through the series. I hope that the 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 they put more effort into it into the the upcoming season and more people get into it because regardless of how one may feel, uh, it's always good to have new media from a franchise to expose to to people because it will attract somebody and they will go, be able to go beyond that and see everything else that there is in the franchise, not just this particular exposure or the first one that they get, but beyond, hopefully. And that, that will be, it will bring more fans onto the series and it will continue. Uh, it has, the CGI show does have some of the worst decisions and mistakes that have happened in this franchise, but it also has good things as well. And those good things are worth pointing out because everything has good and positive and negative things. And I, I think I can go beyond the negative to, to see the positives of this particular iteration of the franchise. That, regarding the, specifically the CGI show, and also there are a lot of people that unfortunately tend to get a very pessimistic and fatalist uh, view regarding the series because they only they only care about the visual media, not not everything else. But right now, Sensei is in an extremely good place. We are getting uh, international releases for the final edition. We're getting more from the spin-offs. We're getting more uh, new spin-offs, uh, even international ones, like Same Say a Time Odyssey that has already come out in Japan and the first volume comes out in September in France and other parts of the world. The franchise is in a very good place, despite what some people try to make it out to be. And hopefully... With the live action and the new season of the CGI show, it will continue to grow, and we'll get to get more new things. That's right. uh, my end. All right. Cool, cool. 
Alrighty then. I guess we. I, I, I already made my. I already made my point. So I guess. Well, I guess I'll wrap things up here by saying, like, pretty much like reading small print here. But I just have an announcement to make. I have to. I have a huge announcement to make. Um, I talked to a few of the. I talked to a few of the people that were at Senio Comic. A couple. A couple of friends of mine. A couple of. Fa- couple. A couple of fans of, of the of the podcast as well. And they will be part of a special uh, roundtable discussion of them being actually at at the panel themselves, and we're gonna have a special shorter shorter uh, special edition in the near future, possibly within this week, of of us just have just having a conversation about the actual panel itself. I know we are we are only going to see it like outside, but to have, but now we're gonna have people talking from from the inside that actually were part, that were actually actively participating. So be on the lookout for that episode as well. That said. You know, if you want to find all our episodes, we have a website. It's called it's at http colon dash dash cosmocast.com. There is no www. It's just stcosmocast.com. You can find all our episodes, find all our bios, you can find ways to subscribe to our podcast and do and much much more. We're gonna start expanding a lot, we're gonna start expanding that dot com a lot more in the near future. Um you can find us on Twitter by you can find our Twitter by going to stcosmocast.com. Um and you know, just follow the links on all the other links out there are being already posted on our um, our show notes as well. We're gonna post we're gonna post all the show notes on there. And like I said, well, also, also all the show notes will be available also on our doc, uh, also on the doc as well. So as for me, I'm Randy's furry for Dankas. I like to say to say thank you so much for, for listening and to keep burning that cosmos, y'all. See y'all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.